Job here, catching up with Isaac Rezes here from the NLC, South Texas Frontera founding board. It's always great to catch up with newer chapters. Isaac is here to talk about how their chapter is going and also some important things he's working on COVID related. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Right. Uh, Isaac, thanks so much for joining us. In terms of what you're working on these days, how do you usually answer that question when, when, folks, ask, when folks ask what you're doing for a living? Well, thank you for having me, Eric. And I think one of the things that I tell people of what I do is I try to raise access to COVID-19 research testing and COVID vaccine trials as well. So I'm a Spanish interpreter for Emory University in Atlanta. And in terms of all the different kind of questions I'm sure you get asked about vaccines, what do you find is the most frequent question that people want to know? You know, I think one of the most important things people want to know is, you know, is the vaccine safe? You know, was this too rushed? Because they hear that, you know, they came up with the vaccine within a year and you take a couple of them. But, you know, that's one of the main questions. And we always tell them, you know, the research for this vaccine has been going on for years. We just tweaked mm -hmm. it to be specific for the coronavirus. And then, you know, in terms of what folks should cue in on when they're watching the news or, or scrolling Twitter, and there's so many different numbers and percentages about uh, how effective or, or not effective. I, I know some of those numbers can be misleading, at least when they show up in headlines. How do you advise people to think about those kind of uh, percentages and effectiveness numbers? You know, I think a lot of those effectiveness numbers, they show with what we call symptomatic COVID-19. So people that actually show symptoms. And based on that, a lot of people that get vaccines tend to not show symptoms. They can still carry the virus. They can still test positive for that. But, you know, the mm -hmm. biggest threat of this virus is the symptoms. So it's a good thing to prevent that. And then in terms of what you're thinking about with the rollout, I'd be curious, uh, you know, what's what you're seeing in Atlanta and, and being attached to a, a prominent school of health at Emory University, which is right down the street from the CDC. Uh, you know, have you seen encouraging signs or is Atlanta going through some of the same uh, challenges that, that places like L.A. where I am are? I'm sure there's some challenges in South Texas, too. What, what kind of things are you seeing? I think vaccine hesitancy is a problem that we're all going to face. However, we have noticed that we have a very open community in Atlanta. A lot of our public health leaders here at the School of Medicine are very they're very big advocates for the vaccine and, you know, combating misinformation. So we do see some enthusiasm in the participants. And as they participate more, that enthusiasm keeps on growing. And is there anything other than than time that you feel like can really win hearts and minds? Is there different messaging that you feel like would work with with the general public or certain communities? How do you how do you sort of see the the, the, the comms element of things changing over time? I think it's very important to have people that represent these communities. So one of my jobs as a healthcare interpreter, I speak to participants in Spanish. And you know, mm. it's something like hearing your own word delivering a message. And that includes with things like linguistics, right? People that live in certain zip codes talk different from other people. So having representatives from each communities will definitely help increase the vaccine rollout. And do you have any sense, is it ultimately more impactful for somebody in terms of reducing their, their vaccine hesitancy to see somebody in their neighborhood who's getting it? Or, you know, a lot of times we, we, you know, hear about celebrities or, or sports stars that, are, you know, they're encouraged to do public service announcements or show up on TV to talk about it. We saw it when the vaccine rolled out. Most of the elected leaders were trying to do it live on TV to, to ensure confidence in it. Do you see any uh, uh, kind of winning move there one way or the other? 
I think both of those approaches can be very effective. You know, as long as we value the opinion of whoever is delivering that message, that's what's going to make a difference. You know, it could be one of our neighbors, it could be a celebrity we look up to, but as long as we respect their messaging, that will definitely help to combat vaccine hesitancy. When we get back with Isaac, we'll talk a little bit more about his NLC life, helping the Frontier chapter get off the ground, maybe a little bit more COVID talk as well. Thanks for tuning in this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. All right, Isaac, so give us a scoop on what it was like founding the Frontier chapter last year. You know, I think it was a very busy period. We started back in April, March of 2019. We had a whole year plan just to get our institute up and running. And we were going off the ground, you know, by December of 2019. We were like, we're ready for this. However, you know, you saw what happened in March <laughs> with, the, with the pandemic. And being a new chapter and trying to design an institute we had never done before was for sure definitely challenging. But I do want to give a shout out to my co-institute chairs back when we founded the chapter, Virginia Palacios and Fernando Torres, because without them, we wouldn't have been able to get that institute going and that chapter founded. And what do you feel like people misunderstand about the Rio Grande Valley or about South Texas in general when it comes to political affiliation or progressives? What, what would you want people to know? I think the Rio Grande Valley is known to be a democratic area in Texas. However, there is a lot of conservative sentiment within the people. A lot of the elected officials are democratic in name only, not necessarily ideals. So it's very important to get our community members through the NLC Frontera, South Texas Frontera chapter to really represent and have our representatives stand for the values that we believe in as a community. And then kind of on that point of some conservative threads definitely seem to pop up in November in the election. What do you feel like would be some of the the messages or the, the types of candidates that, that might win back some of the folks who, who seem like they voted for, for Trump in 2020? I think it's just building a sense of community, building a sense of family, right? We see a lot of conservative candidates saying, you know, we hold these family values. And when we apply to South Texas, you know, South Texas is a very close-knit family within us, it's ourselves, even within, within organizations. So any mm-hmm. candidate that's able to tap into that community would find success there. Listen, I'm excited to talk to you as well because you're at Emory, which is where I went to undergrad. Do you live near campus? How are you even allowed on campus these days? How much inter- interaction do you get with the university itself? So I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I actually work with the Emory campus that is downtown with the Grady Memorial Hospital. That's mm-hmm. a lot of our vaccinations. Uh, but however, I am very close to the Emory School of Medicine which is near the Claremont, Claremont Avenue. So I do get to see a little bit of both. It's been a very great experiences because I think the leadership at Emory, especially the doctors and a lot of the healthcare providers that I get to work with are really inspirational and they're very involved with the community and they care about this a lot. Listen, thanks so much for coming on. It's great to hear your story. Thanks for all your work with the vaccine and spreading the word and helping people stay safe and healthy. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of The Zag. Make sure to catch all past episodes. We've dropped a lot in the middle of January, and we'll have some more kicking back up soon. Get those all the places you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, they're all there. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.